The Weekly Charge, a podcast for kids and families where we take a little time to charge as we plug in, power up, and press on with Christ. Simon, also called Peter, Chapter 4, Fugitive. Jesus was dead. Peter didn't see it happen. Of all the disciples, only John had the courage to witness the terrible things that happened to Jesus. They had spent three years with Jesus, watching him, listening to him, learning from him, eating with him, and in mere moments they had all run away and hidden in the darkness. Peter wished he had been like the other disciples, who had run away from the garden and gone into hiding right away after Jesus had been arrested. He wished he had never gone to the high priest's home, that he would never have told those lies. But that could not be wished away. He had done what he had done. Jesus said it would happen, and it did. Peter argued that it would not happen, and he was wrong. Three times before the rooster crowed, Peter had said he didn't even know Jesus. Now, he and the other ten disciples were hiding in a locked room. Hiding from what, exactly? They didn't even know. Jesus was the only one they had arrested, and now it was Sabbath. During this special time of rest and worship, the chief priests and the teachers of the law would not think to come after them, would they? Slowly, the eleven men had come together, back to this room where they were safe. Only eleven for Judas was no longer one of them. Judas was probably the only disciple who had done something worse than Peter. The rumor was that he had taken payment from the chief priests. Peter had heard some of the others say that Judas had taken his own life, killed himself. Was it possible he had realized what a horrible thing he had done? Now, they hid. The room was locked, and the windows were shuttered, and the men were quiet. Occasionally, they would say something, maybe talk about something that Jesus had done. They remembered when Jesus had calmed a storm with just a word, saving their lives. Well, it felt like he saved their lives. They were sure they were going to die, but after he stopped the winds and the waves, he scolded them. Don't you have faith, he had said? They remembered when he fed the thousands of followers, and even though he only had a few loaves of bread and a few fish, Everyone ate their fill, and there were baskets of food left over. Twelve baskets, to be exact. Twelve baskets. They remembered the stories Jesus told. Stories about the coming of God's kingdom. Stories about how to follow God. Stories about heaven and about hell. Stories with special meanings. They remembered the things Jesus taught, like when some men tried to trick Jesus with a question. They asked what the greatest commandment was, and Jesus said something that they couldn't argue against. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second greatest commandment is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. They remembered the moment when they found out that Lazarus was dying, and when Jesus heard, he told the messengers that this sickness would not end in death. But when he wanted to go back, the disciples argued with him not to go, because it would put him in danger with people who had already tried to kill him. 
but Jesus was intent on going. And it was Thomas who said, then we should go with him too. And if Jesus dies, we will die with him. Some of the followers of Jesus thought that had been his greatest miracle, as that man who had been dead for days walked out of the tomb, alive. What Jesus had said was true. The sickness did not end in death. Peter thought about another time that Jesus showed his power and took care of his disciples. They were in Capernaum, and the tax collectors for the temple came to him. Does your master pay the temple tax? He asked Peter. Peter answered that yes, of course Jesus did. Then Peter went directly to Jesus to ask him if he did pay the tax. Before he could speak, Jesus said, Simon, tell me what you think about this. Oh, that name. If Jesus called Peter Simon, it meant Peter was doing or thinking something wrong. Jesus asked, Who do the kings and rulers of this earth collect taxes from? Their own children? Or the children of others? Peter knew it was a trick question, or at least a question to make him think, but he didn't know what he was supposed to think about it. From others, Peter said, of course. Jesus nodded. And the children of the king are exempt, yes? That made sense. Then Jesus said, But we do not want to offend. So go out to the lake and throw out your fishing line. Take the first fish that you catch and open its mouth. Inside its mouth you will find a four drachma coin. Four drachmas. That was enough for two people's temple tax. Take that coin and pay for both your tax and mine. So Peter did as Jesus said, and it happened just as Jesus said it would. Now, as they sat in that dark room, Peter wondered what it all meant. With all of the good things Jesus did, they still hated him. With all of Jesus' great teachings, they still hurt him. With all of Jesus' power, they still killed him. Was Jesus telling the truth when he said he was the Messiah? But Peter heard God's voice say, Jesus was God's son. Peter saw Jesus command Lazarus to walk out of the tomb. He had seen so much. Did any of it matter now? Now that Jesus was dead? They had put Jesus on trial. John watched and said that people lied about Jesus and made up things about him. Then they took Jesus to Pontius Pilate, the current representative of Rome in Jerusalem. Pilate tried to release Jesus to the people, as he did for the Passover in the past. But the people asked for a murderer to be released from jail instead. John said that the Romans beat Jesus and put a crown of thorns on his head. Then they made him carry his cross. What was that that Jesus had said? If you want to follow me, you must take up your cross every day. What was that supposed to mean now? They put Jesus up on a cross and nailed him to that wooden thing by his wrists and feet. They killed him between two actual criminals. John said that after it was all finished, a wealthy follower of Jesus, Joseph from Arimathea, took down Jesus' body. And Jesus was buried 
in Joseph's own tomb. Why hadn't any of the other disciples helped with that task? Because they were also afraid. That's why. Instead, this man had to come and do it. Peter felt so ashamed. It was said then that a stone was rolled in front of the tomb and guards were placed there to make sure Jesus' disciples didn't steal the body or something like that. But the disciples weren't bold enough to do anything like that. No, they were here in this room, hoping no one thought to look for them there. They waited there through the Sabbath, the entire time, Friday evening, Saturday during the day, and Saturday night. Peter could barely sleep or eat. All he could think about was what he had done, how he had let Jesus down, how he had deserted him and denied him, and now how he hid. The women decided to go to the tomb the morning after the Sabbath. Jesus died on Friday and was buried before Sabbath began. Now it was Sunday, and the women took some spices they had purchased and planned to go take care of Jesus' body. Some of the disciples wondered how they would get into the tomb with the stone and the guards, but none of the disciples went with the women. Peter and his friends could not stop thinking about what had happened. Some of them talked about the things Jesus had said about dying, trying to understand what any of this meant. Then the women came back. They were quickly brought into the room, and the door was quickly locked behind them. They were out of breath from running. Had they been chased there? No, they weren't scared. They were excited. Don't be afraid, Mary said. I'm about to tell you something unbelievable. This Mary had been a follower of Jesus for a while. She had been one of the people that Jesus had cast a demon out of. Well, tell us what happened. What is going on? Peter's stomach churned. What could have happened to send them running like this? We went to the tomb, and we were worried about what we would do once we got there because of the guards and the large stone. But when we got there, there were no guards. The place where their fire had been to keep them warm overnight still smoldered, and there were a couple of spears just left on the ground. They left in a hurry. Why? Good question, Mary said, and I know part of the answer. You see, the stone was not in front of the entrance of the tomb. It had been moved away, and inside... Peter, John, everyone, listen. He was gone. Everyone in the room began talking at once. How was that possible? What had happened? They all had questions and more questions. Wait till you hear what happened, Mary shouted. There was an angel sitting in the tomb, and he spoke to us. He said, do not be afraid. You are looking for Jesus, who was crucified, but he is not here. He has risen, just as he said. So go, tell his disciples, and tell Peter. Yes, Peter, he specifically said to tell you. He said, tell his disciples and tell Peter, Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee, and you will see him there. What are you saying, Mary? Peter asked. The angel told us to remember what Jesus said when he would say, It is necessary that the Son of Man be betrayed into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and rise on the third day. The disciples all began talking about what she said, but John and Peter looked at each other. I've got to see this, Peter said. Yeah, John said, let's go. The two men ran out the door and down the street and out of town to the place where Jesus had been buried. As they got closer, Peter could see the tomb. He could see the darkness of the opening where two nights before Jesus' body had been placed inside. 
he could see the enormous stone meant to keep everyone out had been moved away. John was faster than Peter. He always had been. Peter was larger and stronger, but John was swifter. And John reached the tomb first, coming to a stop just outside the entrance. Peter could see John stick his head inside to see. What did John see, Peter wondered. What was in there? John may have gotten to the tomb first, but Peter was going to be the first to go in. He ran to the opening and slipped right past John, trotting inside and stopping himself in the middle of the tomb. Jesus was not there. The cloths that had been put over Jesus's body were right where Jesus had been, but they were folded up and neatly left there. Jesus was not there. Jesus was not there. John stepped into the tomb behind Peter. The two men looked at each other, eyes wide, astonished and amazed, tears of joy forming. They were speechless. Jesus was alive. That's all for our story this week. The events in this week's story can be found in Matthew chapter 17 and 28, Mark chapter 16, Luke chapter 24, and John chapter 20. Next week, we'll see what happens when Peter finally sees Jesus. For now, as you think about this story of Peter, what is the part you remember the most? When you think about that part of the story, what does it tell you about God? Talk about that with your family. When I think about this part of the story, I think about all the emotions that Peter and the other disciples must have been feeling over those days, starting when Jesus was arrested to when he went on trial and was killed and buried, and then when they heard his body was gone and that angels said he was alive, and then when they saw with their own eyes the empty tomb. Think about all those emotions and feelings they would have had in that short amount of time. With your family, talk about how you would have felt in the time just after Jesus died. Talk about how you would have felt when someone brought the message that Jesus' tomb was empty. Talk about how you would have felt when you saw with your own eyes that Jesus was no longer dead. We hope you have a great week. You can find more resources for this Life of Peter series that we're doing at Napanee Missionary Church by going to nmc.church. For now, Thank you so much for listening. I'm Pastor Ben, and until next time, we want to remind you to charge, plug in and connect with Christ, power up and become like Christ, and press on by being Christ-like in the world. Weekly Charge is a production of the Napanee Missionary Church Kidman Department. You can find out more at nmc.church. You can find this podcast at nmckidman.com. I'm Pam, and as always, thanks for listening.